St George's Quay must have handled a huge number of bales of flax from the Baltic to make fine linen fabric, lace or damask, twine and rope, rough canvas and sails. In 100 Years, 100 Objects, stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums, we're delving into the collections to discover objects that can tell us stories about the past and make us think about the present and future. I'm Rachel Roberts, Collections Registrar at Lancaster City Museums. Today's object is a small and unassuming piece of metal, but one that reveals Lancaster's links as a port with Russia, and one of the main imports of the early 19th century. Today's object is a lead flax seal. This is just one of well over a thousand lead flax and hemp seals held in the museum collections. Their sheer number attests to the scale of imports through Lancaster as a port. Almost all have been found by metal detectorists in fields around Bentham. Throughout their lives, they've travelled from Russia to the Customs House at the port of Lancaster, out to the fields of Lancashire, and finally back to the Customs House, which now houses the Maritime Museum. Although designs did change slightly over the years, the seals are all small. They're round and roughly the size of a modern 20 pence piece. Our featured seal today is no longer totally round, with part of the top left of the seal and the bottom right worn away. It has writing in the Cyrillic alphabet on both sides, which is worn, but mainly still legible. Thanks to the work of very dedicated individuals, it's possible to understand what some of the letters on the seal mean. These seals were attached to bales of flax being exported from Russia to show that tax had been paid. On one side is written NP GF 12 H 1804, surrounded by tiny star shapes. The NP shows us that state tax had been paid in Russia, but as NP was used by all ports before 1829, we can't be sure where it shipped from. GF are the initials of the grower, or agent, and 1804 was the year in which it was shipped. On the reverse, a series of Cyrillic letters show us that it was inspected by a tax inspector, LD, at inspection post H4, or possibly H42, as that area is worn. For such a tiny object, it gives us vast amounts of information about the flax that it was attached to and the hands that it had passed through. We spoke to Emma Hoban, museum assistant at Lancaster Maritime Museum, to find out even more about this story. These kind of lead seals are regularly found around the British Isles and are donated to museums as finds by metal detectorists or gardeners who find them in fields and gardens. Many lead seal discoveries have been made in parts of the east coast of Scotland, Aberdeenshire, Montrose, Dundee, but also in parts of Cheshire, Liverpool and Preston on the west coast, mostly around ports and cities which were involved in shipbuilding and the imports of flax in the 18th and 19th centuries. This includes Lancaster, Bristol, London and Hull. The seals are made of lead alloy and were used as labels which identified graded bundles of flax and hemp. In the 18th and 19th centuries, Russia was the world's greatest exporter of flax and hemp, and Britain its major customer. Not surprisingly, the seals have Cyrillic letters on them. They also have symbols. And thanks to the research carried out on the collections in British museums and by local enthusiasts, it's possible to find out quite a lot about their origins. 
In some instances, it's possible to find out what port the bundles of flax went through, the year they were exported, the grade of the quality of the flax, and in some instances, the growers and or the name of the inspector of the flax. The main function of the lead seal was to indicate that the flax had been inspected and graded and passed through a series of quality control measures. This was important because grades of flax determined what it would be used for in the manufacturing process and thus the end product. They provide evidence of commercial activity in and around Lancaster from the mid-18th century, namely the import of flax and hemp from Russia. They tell us that flax of different grades were imported and processed in the hinterland around the busy port of Lancaster. Further research is needed to try and link Russian export data with individual importers of these goods, but the chances of finding such data are remote, but some records have been found which reveal that London and Hull received a vast amount of flax which was subsequently shipped to other ports in the UK, and this could have included Lancaster. One seal currently on display has 17 and the remainder of the numbers are missing because the rest of the seal is damaged. But we can assume that this seal dates from the 1700s, most likely after 1740 because that's when lead seals appeared on the trading scene. Russian flax trade had been taking place much earlier in the 1600s, but presumably trade was less regulated and in far smaller quantities and for a more local market. Research has also found that after the 1770s, the obverse side of the seal from St. Petersburg changed little, but the reverse did. There are other letters, symbols, full stops, colons, etc., which all help identify their origin. The obverse often had the initials and surname of the Desiatnik on it. The Desiatnik were registered and regulated inspectors of flax, and because the Russian State Historical Archive has preserved logbooks with the names of the inspectors, or brackers as they were often called, it is possible to find out the name of the person who inspected the flax bundle, but only logbooks between 1840 and 1842 have been preserved. Before we delve deeper into the story of our seal, we wanted to find out what flax actually was and what it was being used for in Lancaster in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. The different grades of flax determined what they would be made into. The better fibres were woven into fine linen fabric, lace or damask. The second best fibres would be used for twine and rope. And the third best fibres went to make rough canvas webbing and sails. We know that at High Bentham Mills, 19 miles away from St George's Quay, lead alloy seals have been found from the port of Archangel on the White Sea. This port had a reputation for top quality flax used in the manufacture of silk and damask. Around the site of High Bentham Mills, over 1,400 lead seals have been unearthed and catalogued. It's thanks to metal detectorist Jed Dodd and his detectorist friends that we know so much more about local lead seals and flax imports. Sail making was the main use of flax in Lancaster area in the 18th century. Lancaster was a major port and a centre for shipbuilding. Brockbanks alone, the town's largest shipyard, produced 127 ships between 1763 and 1817. Sails were needed for new ships built locally and for ships visiting the ports, which perhaps needed repairs or refitting. Sails were also needed for export to the West Indies, where Britain's colonies in the late 18th century were developing. Similarly, here in the northwest England, sails were needed for the smaller vessels which distributed imported goods along the northwest coast. For example, to the local ports of Ulverston, Whitehaven, and Liverpool, where shipbuilding and maritime trade were also thriving. 
We also know that trade was thriving by looking at a list of business directories at the time. There were many sailcloth manufacturers in Lancaster in the late 18th century. Margaret Robinson's book, Lancaster Sailcloth Trade in the 18th Century, gives several examples of these businesses. So, for example, Richard Edmondson of Lancaster was described as a sailcloth manufacturer in 1779, a flax man in 1770, and earlier a flax dresser in 1764. He owned a factory on Moor Lane in Leonardsgate, Lancaster. Edmondson went on to form a business partnership with a friend, Robert Inman, who was an established specialist Baltic merchant in Lancaster, dealing with imports of Baltic wood and later flax. Another example is Joseph Bell, who started a business as a flaxman in 1751-2. He had a weaving shed in Back Lane, now King Street. Bell died in 1762, whereupon his wife Rebecca took on the business. Records show that she worked from a base in Pudding Lane, now the lower end of Penny Street. In 1775, manufacturers Dilworth and Morrison were listed as producing sailcloth and twine, which is also made from flax. There were many more flax dressers and manufacturers, so altogether the list makes it sound like it was a large and important enterprise in Lancaster. In the mid to late 1700s, the Custom House on St George's Quay must have handled a huge number of bales of flax from the Baltic. So now we know how and why the flax arrived in Lancaster, we wanted to know how so many hundreds of seals from that flax ended up in the fields of Bentham. This was the question which really puzzled me as a museum assistant. The answer lies in the processing of flax and the disposal of the waste products after the processing of the flax. Firstly, the flax was harvested in Russian fields in late summer, early autumn. Flax must be pulled up by the roots to help preserve the longest possible fibres. If the stalk is cut with a knife, the sap is lost and this affects the quality of the linen. After harvesting, it would then be transported, graded and inspected at Russian ports. Once the flax arrived at the port of Lancaster, it was unloaded onto horse-pulled carts and taken to flax mills in Lancaster, Caton and Bentham in Yorkshire. Flax would then go through a series of different processes. In the 18th century, flax was harvested and processed manually. It was a complex and labour-intensive operation with many steps. The first step in processing flax involves retting. Flax stalks are multi-layered. It's the cellulose layers beneath the outer straw which are valuable and spinnable. And these layers only become available when both the straw and the woody inner pith are removed. Retting involved soaking the flax stalks in water so that microorganisms and moisture help to dissolve the cellular structure of the plant and rot away the pith. The pith and outer straw were then gathered, along with the lead seal attached, mixed with human excrement, which was also collected, and then spread on the land as a fertiliser. The lead seals then ended up being ploughed into fields surrounding a flax mill, only to be found hundreds of years later by metal detectorists. From the work of metal detectorists searching in Bentham, we know that there was a company called J, T and W Hornby who established themselves in Low Bentham Village about 1795 and who then moved to High Bentham. There are other remaining stages of the processing of flax which include breaking, scutching and heckling and briefly breaking is when the outer layer of straw was broken up using simple machines. 
or by hand. Scutching is when a wooden knife was used to scrape away most of the broken bits of straw. And heckling was to remove the last of the debris and the flax fibres were pulled through a steel comb known as a heckle. The fibres are then used for spinning. But the import of Russian flax into Lancaster eventually stopped. We asked Emma to tell us about some of the factors that led to peaks and troughs in the trade and how Lancaster eventually stopped importing it altogether. A lot of the flax seals recovered in Britain date from 1770s, which possibly reflects a peak in imports and trade in flax from the Baltic. After this period, several factors contributed to the decline of flax trade. One example is wars. Between 1808 and 1813, no ships entered the port of Lancaster at all because of the Napoleonic Wars. Interestingly, the wars both raised the need for more flax for sales on the ships used in warfare, but they also stopped trade in flax, and subsequently businesses suffered due to reduced production and costs. When Napoleon blockaded the Baltic, little flax got through, which did make it very costly. Despite these challenges, some companies continue to produce goods and it's known that the Bentham Mills couldn't get flax from Lancaster for a while and receive flax from the port of Liverpool. This must have been very expensive and it begs the question, if the mill was prepared to pay a lot, double the usual cost, then their products must have had a good reputation. As many of the seals found in Bentham had the initials AP on it for Archangel Port, we can be reasonably certain that Bentham Mills imported quality flax because that was the most prized flax in the world. In part, this was because the inspectors in Archangel were good at their job and their flax had been inspected thoroughly. Some of the seals found around Bentham also have the cross key symbol on them. These seals came from Riga, another Russian port with a reputation for quality flax. Not only did war affect the flax trade, but so did poor inspection of the flax in Russia with the result that countries started to look elsewhere for their raw flax. The Russian government changed the entire grading system for raw flax in 1829, and some inspectors were put on a refresher course. We know this because some seals found in Bentham have two inspectors' names on it, a senior inspector on one side and a junior inspector on the other. More recent seals from the same area then have the same name of a junior inspector printed as a senior inspector. There is therefore the possibility that this double inspection indicated an apprentice-type programme going on in Russian ports. Some of the seals found in Bentham post-1829 have the name of a single inspector who previous was a junior inspector. Despite all these protocols going on to preserve the flax trade between England and Russia, eventually trade did go into decline. As happens in trade, manufacturers look elsewhere for materials and the major producers of flax switched to processing and spinning jute instead of flax. Britain was able to source jute cheaply from colonies in India. The Jute Museum in Dundee, housed in a former jute mill, brilliantly records this change in detail. As well as wars, human behaviour, manufacturers, the environment also impacted on the flax trade. In Lancaster specifically, the silting up of the River Loon affected the arrival of goods via shipping. In addition, the building of the Carlisle Railway Bridge in 1840s over the River Loon meant that the tall ships couldn't get to St George's Quayside to the Custom House, and that was another reason for the decline in imports of flax. Thank you so much for following this thread through the fabric of history with us today. We do hope you will listen to some of our other episodes where we weave tales of everything from Roman monuments to religious mementos. 